Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Thinking of buying a house and want a really low interest rate? Owning has a special for home purchases, where Owning pays all your closing costs and the rate in APR is an unheard of 1.875% for a 15-year fixed mortgage with 20% down. This is the craziest low rate for a mortgage with no closing costs that Owning has ever done. 1.875% rate in APR. Heck, we're almost paying you to live in a new house. Call 8332-OWNING or go to owning.com to see if you qualify for this crazy low 1.875% rate. That's a fixed rate loan at 1.875% with no closing costs. Call 8332-OWNING now because 1.875 could go away at any time. NMLS 2611, licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, subject to credit approval. Offer assumes the use of lender's choice as crow and title services. Call 833-858-8006 for terms and conditions. That's 8332-OWNING or owning.com. 8332-OWNING or owning.com. I'm John Meacham. Welcome to Fate of Fact, Season 1. This series is about how and why fact became a casualty of war in the United States. Please listen and follow Fate of Fact, a presentation of Shining City Audio, a John Meacham and C-13 original studio. Available now for free on Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. All right, welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone Tournament Edition. Big tournament, not Big Ten Tournament, but the NCAA Tournament. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins on the other side. Evan, it's here, first of all. Hey, congratulations to Tom Izzo. You made it 23 in a row. Just when you thought Michigan State was on the outside looking in, 
He pulled off a miraculous comeback. He started playing tournament games three weeks ago, knocked off uh, two of the one seeds in the tournament, and he is in. But the caveat to that, the caveat, you're in a playing game. Personally, I think that's a little insulting. Personally, I think that uh, Michigan State deserved better. They deserve that seed a little bit higher than Syracuse, then higher than Utah State. You know it's bad when everybody is shocked. Every talking head is like, I don't understand how Michigan State got here. Evan, they they blamed it on the net. Well, their net was higher than Syracuse and Utah State. I simply say the net has turned into a crutch. What happened to the good old-fashioned eyeball test when – I'm sitting in the room, and they're like, guys, how can they be in a playing game? They just recently beat two of our one seeds. How are they playing? And Syracuse, who beaten no one, Virginia Tech is the highest victory they have. They were one and seven against in quad one games, and Syracuse is soundly in. A little bit of a slap in the face, but I see this as this is the NCAA's way of getting – eyeballs to the sets on Thursday night. You put two name brand teams in there. Uh, UCLA used to be a blue blood, but they're still a name brand team. Just think about it. You couldn't tell me many matchups in any of the first four games, as they call them, in previous years. It's normally, you know, this directional school versus this, uh, this directional school. But now, you know these two teams. You know Tom Izzo. You know UCLA. You know the colors. They put it on so that it's the last game of the night. They were not stupid. And, you know, it shows me this was done to jumpstart the tournament, and it was done at Izzo's expense, which is a little crappy. Every year it, it seems as if he gets the short end of the stick, Evan. There's times where <clears throat> Michigan State should be a one seed. They're a two seed. They should be a two seed. They're a three seed. It's, it, they never get that benefit of the doubt. I, I don't know, but it's just weird. And when you say, well, there's no big difference, and actually it is because, you know, Izzo goes back to talk about if they would have gotten the one seed that they deserved the year they lost to Middle Tennessee, they never played Middle Tennessee, and we never know what happens. Maybe he wins a title because when you get a one seed, it's an automatic buy. I mean, up until Virginia lost, the one seed, that game, you win and you move on to the next round. But when you get a two seed, well, there's been a lot of two fifteen upsets in college basketball history. So, once again, MSU in, but did not get the benefit of the doubt. Michigan, on the other hand, got in. But, man, <laughs> they're going in without Senior forward Isaiah Livers, who's out with a stretch fracture in his foot. They can say what they want and make it seem like this guy's coming back. Evan, as a Michigan State fan like myself, we know what stress fractures about. Heck, we're stress fracture you. Because Lord knows State has gone through a lot. Minimum six weeks. Livers ain't coming back unless the tournament gets on pause. So Michigan's in as a one seed. Michigan State's in as an 11 seed. And I don't know if anybody realized they're both in the East. It's possible that you could get the rubber match. Michigan, Michigan State, part three. How epic would that be? It would be in the Elite Eight. The winner goes to the Final Four. The loser goes home. Wow. 
But uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Evan, what's going on? Uh, not too much. I, I am so excited for tomorrow night to get the tournament underway, and it's also time. I mean, if there's one thing that Michigan State and Tom Izzo's good with is adversity, and we saw that this year more so in the past. And he's had the quote multiple times that I've heard, you know, this is a time for Michigan State to make history and win three games in the opening weekend compared to two. And, right. I mean, we've always seen a play and see get pretty far, whether it's, you know, the Final Four or the Sweet 16, whatever that might be. The only problem I had with it, I felt them losing to Maryland and Oregon State and whoever else getting in kind of put them, or Georgetown it was, kind of put them in that playing game. And, you know, if they're wrong, then Michigan State will go and win and, you know, prove people wrong. And the one problem I had was the committee, the committee chair when talking about it, he didn't really have an answer other than his weird joke that he said, we wanted to start the tournament off with the bang. Well, that's not a, like a legit answer, man. Like, no, 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 Evan, he told you the truth. That wasn't a weird joke. He literally told you why. That's why they did it. You put two name brand school, everybody's going to watch that game, not just state fans, not just UCLA fans. Because now when you're doing your brackets, and I don't know if people are still doing brackets, you got to account for Michigan State. Like, oh, well, they, as you said, they could go far. Michigan State's won 18. Uh, they've upset 18 teams in the tournament as a lower seed. So it can be done. But I think he absolutely told you the truth. He just disguised it as a joke. Right. But that's exactly why they're there. Because – uh, let's face it, Utah State and UCLA. Evan, are you staying up late to watch that game? Absolutely not. Syracuse and <laughs> UCLA. Are you staying up late? Yeah, no. It's like, it, oh, okay. And I'll be no, honest, no, no, no. I don't watch the playing games very often anyway. The last one that I remember watching from start to end was when Michigan played in it a few years back. And and that's the only reason you watch those games because let's in the years before we had legal sports betting here, you were only watching it for your bracket, but you don't even need to pick that team correctly for your bracket. You know what I mean? So right. it, they're kind of irrelevant to the casual sports fan or even the hardcore sports fan. Now, this year I think it's going to be different here in the state of Michigan because you can bet on these games. So th that's going to change, but they did it for a marquee reason, and you're exactly right. And then when we talk about Michigan and Isaiah Livers, it makes you wonder if maybe that injury happened a little earlier than the Big Ten tournament against Maryland, right? Because I think so, too. We both talked he, he wasn't exactly right against Illinois. He wasn't right against Michigan State. And those are injuries that, you know, you could be sore or whatnot, but they progress the more and more you keep pounding on that foot. And, you know, they say stre stress injury, which you would think is, you know, kind of like a stress fracture, but that sounds a little bit more hardcore than stress injury. Um, but it's a huge blow to lose your senior leader, you know, uh, the game before the tournament. <laughs> it, it's a huge crushing blow. But this is where coaching really takes form. This is where you get to see your big transfer, Shondi Brown, really shine. I don't think it's Brandon John's time to shine. I think he still has a role off the bench. But it's Shondi Brown. It's, you know, you got to put your best foot forward right now. And I don't think Brandon John's is that for Michigan. No, no, not at all. And you're right. I, I do think that this uh, this foot injury started, and maybe it just got worse as the tournament went on. But yeah, his his play was just subpar. And 
even the hardest Michigan fan was saying, man, something's wrong with livers. And with him not being there, it's this is you're going to need Brandon Johns, as you say, to step up. I don't know if he can deliver that. I don't know if uh, I don't know, man. It's 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 going to be very difficult for them. Now their path, if they get LSU, that's going to be a tough matchup. LSU has athletes. LSU is, as I like to say, think of Iowa minus Luca Garza. But, man, their defense is worse than Iowa. They don't defend. It'll be a game that'll be played in the high 80s and 90s. I, I would simply tell anybody, take the over in that game. Now, but you got to be able to match them points for points. Now, when LSU was on, they're on. I mean, you could probably say that for a lot of teams in the tournament. When they're playing their good basketball, man, watch out. But, you know, on the flip side, if LSU is dog crap, then Michigan could win. Now, if they end up playing St. Bonaventure, St. Bonaventure actually could beat LSU, and that would be good for Michigan because St. Bonaventure does not have anybody down low. This is a game where Hunter Dickinson could probably get his groove back because he's been kind of subpar as well. I've told you, I think that he hit the freshman wall a long time ago. But if they end up with the St. Bonaventure, that's a winnable game for Michigan because of the the presence down low. They have no one, and I mean no one, who could stop him. So if that's the case, Michigan would probably make it to play Florida State in the Sweet 16. Florida State is probably the sleeper team. Florida State is probably the team that nobody knows about, and you should because that team is good. That team, I'm telling you now, could knock out Michigan, a Michigan without Isaiah Livers. Now, if Livers was playing, I would simply say Michigan has a path to make it to the Final Four. But without Livers, every game is going to be a challenge. Every game is going to be a struggle. I mean, you saw you know, what happened with Ohio State. They couldn't get it done. We got to find out. We got to see. Well, they, we got to see exactly what's going to happen. And they become a different team without Livers, and, and it's something that we've talked about at length in, in past episodes that, you know, Michigan always had four people who could score on the floor, right, whether it's Livers, Wagner, Dickinson, or Mike Smith. And now you're going to remove Livers, and if one of those other three, you know, if Wagner or Dickinson were getting into foul trouble, you're now down to two scores. And you saw the difference that Mike Smith makes – and now that he has to become a scorer, I wonder how much that actually changes their offense. That's uh, going to change the offense a lot. Now, you're going to need maybe a Terrence, uh, Terrence Williams to step up, the freshman. And that's asking so much of a kid that's hardly played in the last two months. That's just it, man. I, I don't know because Dickinson just – he hasn't been the same. Mike Smith, I mean, when he's great, great. You, see, you saw what he did against uh, – Maryland, but yeah. when, when he was off, you know, they, they needed those points and he couldn't manufacture them. And, you know, the final play of that Ohio State game, when we all sat and watched him dribble the ball for 24 seconds and then, or 23 seconds and then put up a step back three, like, this was the best that you could do. Now, when you look at the play, they obviously, the play broke down. Hunter, Hunter didn't set the screen at the right time, but in the end, you know, Juwan sat there with a loss, with a timeout in his pocket. Not a great tournament for Juwan. Not a great tournament at all. 
I, I kept saying I need to see what tournament Juwan's going to look like. If it looks anything like the Big Ten tournament, Michigan's going to be home early. You don't get into a fight. You don't scream, I'll kill you, to another coach. <laughs> uh, yeah. It went then, bonkers, didn't it? It just went absolutely insane like that. And it's right. very – it's not often that you see two coaches go after one another unless it's, you know, Cheney and Calipari back in the day. Right, that that epic one. that You know, that and that was epic right there. Epic. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill you. I'm going to kill you, son of a bitch. But <laughs> – you know, Juwan's going to have to do better than what he did because that's – it wasn't. I mean, you know, you, you can't get tossed out the game, especially now. For Michigan, you're going to need some people to step up. You're going to need uh, – you know, Franz is going to have to play consistently because he's like their X factor to me. When he's on, they're good. When he's hitting shots, they're good. Which is another thing, you know, for them, is people are like, well, you're just being unfair to Juwan. I'm like, actually, I'm not. Guys, this guy's the coach of the year. How do you not know that your star player has four fouls in the game and you left him in the game? He gets the fifth foul, and they're arguing with the referees. Well, he's only got four. Like, no, guys, he's got five. We've been keeping tabs. We, we have this official person right here. They said he's fouled out. It's not our fault you're not keeping tabs of this. So I expect them to be better. And, you know, once again, the St. Bonaventure-LSU game is going to say a lot. If LSU wins, if you're a Michigan fan, you may have to sweat out a victory. If St. Bonaventure defeats LSU, congratulations, you'll make it all the way to the Sweet 16 because they they, they can't handle your size down low. They, they just don't have the bodies for that. So – that's what you got to see. For Michigan State, you know, you start off with UCLA. UCLA is a uh, – man, Evan, they almost play a Big Ten style, yeah. which I think helps Michigan State. Uh, you know, they run a lot of sets. They got five guys who average like 10 points apiece, double figures. But, you know, Johnny Zhang, the former Kentucky five-star who sat the bench at Kentucky – he ends up going to UCLA, kind of like uh, Matthews did, Charles Matthews. Okay. He, you know, didn't do anything at Kentucky, but he goes to Michigan, and he's a starter. Same thing happened with Johnny. He goes out to UCLA. He's their leading scorer. Uh, he's their three-point guy. Uh, they don't have a lot of size down low. That's one thing that can help because Michigan State can run their smaller lineups, which have been their more effective lineups when you see – you know, a Joey Hauser or Malik Hall at the four, then, I mean, at the five, then you can put in the Gabe Brown along with Rocket, along with Langford, along with Aaron Henry, and you can go with that type of play. Now, here's the other thing that Michigan State could say instead of matching them up point for point. The guy who could be the key to this game is Marcus Bingham. Marcus Bingham has been playing a lot better lately. And I don't think that UCLA has anybody who could defend Bingham if Bingham actually got his crap together, got serious, and went in there and just tried to dominate down low and dominate the way that Bingham does. I mean, you know, he's going to do a lot of pivots and stuff like that and, and, and lay the ball up or maybe get some dunks. UCLA does not have that. Now, I don't know how much Izzo will be willing to rely on that, but that is a mismatch that they could exploit. Uh, state fans, Tiger Campbell is their point guard, UCLA's point guard. 
the hardcore recruit Knicks will know that he was the point guard for Jaron Jackson Jr. at La Lumiere. He's got a ton of hair. At least I think he does. I haven't <laughs> seen him lately. He's short. He's a short point guard. MSU wanted him. He ends up going to DePaul, and then uh, some 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 trouble followed. Let's just say that I think they found where they hid the price tag for him. And he ends up at UCLA. <laughs> he got injured. Never quite was the same person that he was going to be coming out of high school. That's the point guard that they have. This is a th- this is a matchup now. It's funny because Vegas has Michigan State the favorite, but a lot of guys who run numbers, like my Vegas guy says, look, running the numbers, UCLA should be the favorite. I don't know why Michigan State is the favorite. It could just be the Izzo factor, which I, I do believe that, that, is, that that's got to be something, especially when you, you line up and you see a Hall of Fame coach on the other end. The other thing I think that – Evan, I don't know. Um, I, I – Michigan State has advantage because they played in Mackey before. Though Mackey has been the home of a lot of the horrible losses, there's no student section. There's no paint crew on the other side sitting there yelling at you. As a matter of fact, if anything, Michigan State will have an advantage because they will actually have fans in the building because in the uh, state of Indiana is allowing fans. They sent uh, emails out to the season ticket holders saying, I think the tickets are like either $38 or $50 if they want to come down and watch that game. And you know a lot of people will probably be down there. So you may hear some go greens, go white. You may hear the crowd cheering them on. I got a feeling not too many people were flying from L.A. to uh, West Lafayette for a playing game. Uh, I'm going to hold off for that. So they'll have the advantage. They'll have the crowd there. They've been on the court at Mackey before. So we'll have to see. UCLA has lost their last four games. They started off hot. They were one of the top teams in the nation. But then, man, they, they, they've limped their way to the finish line. And I don't know if that's the reason why MSU has an advantage in Vegas. But when you're looking at this now, I, I think that Michigan State can pull this thing off. For me – don't do what you did against Maryland, where Izzo takes the blame. He lost his cool. He got the tech. The team took on that personality. They turned it into eight versus five. The refs weren't out to get you. It's just that you complained and whined and cried about every little thing that they did. Their head wasn't in the game. They had a big lead against Maryland and squandered it because all they spent the whole game bitching and complaining. Instead of just being aggressive, they started the game very aggressive, hitting their shots, and then they they just went to this three-point shooting contest. Why Rocket keeps shooting threes, I don't know. When you're shooting 20%, that means for every 10 threes you shoot, you hit two. You miss eight. That's eight empty possessions. He's a lot more effective when he drives to the basket, a la the Michigan game. That's the thing. Certain guys, if they if Gabe Brown shoots a three, I'm okay with that. If if Aaron Henry shoots a three, I'm okay with that. But when Rocket, man, that's it's a wasted possession when you're you're faster than anybody on the court, especially if you come out there at the point guard position, you're faster and you're bigger than uh, Tiger Campbell. Abuse him the way you took uh, 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 Mike Smith 
<laughs> in the Michigan game. He he couldn't handle it. He he couldn't do anything. So that's one. That's the big key from from that. Plus, for Michigan State, you're going to need somebody other than Aaron Henry. And you know, Evan, stop me if you've heard this before. Somebody else needs to step forward and help this man out. Somebody needs to 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 get that double figures to be you know. That a helper to this man, not even a more like a Batman Superman thing, not a Batman Robin type of thing. Somebody who, you know what, the other team has to focus on, whether that's Langford, whether that's Gabe Brown, whether that's Joey Hauser, whether that's Rocket Watts, somebody else needs to help them out. Now, we can't say that this team is going to be tired because they play one game in the last 11 days, which is the antithesis of what they had been doing before when I think they were down to seven games in 13 days. One game, 11 days, they'll have the rest. They'll have their legs. Now, can they turn that into a victory and then, you know, move on to play BYU, which, Evan, I'm going to tell you this, if they beat UCLA, I think they can beat BYU because uh, Matt Harms is a guy that they played up against. He was uh he was at Purdue, looks like Lurch. Oh yeah, but 150 well, pounds he's, soaking he's wet. Ivan maybe Drago. He, he's <laughs> Ivan Drago. Say what? I said maybe 150 pounds soaking wet. Yeah, he's Drago. So that that would be a battle for Bingham down low. If they get that game, I think they have it. And then, dude, I'll be honest with you, Texas Shaka Smart does not have a great track record in the NCAA. Not since he's left VCU. Texas has not been uh, great. So it is possible. If they get past UCLA, they could stumble their way three games in one weekend, but they could end up playing probably Alabama in the Sweet 16. Now, Tom Izzo said there'll be no better team ready for a two-day turnaround or a one-day prep turnaround than Michigan State. He's proven that in the past, but – Guys, it all starts with UCLA first, man. So, uh, so yeah, that's 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 my tournament breakdown of just the two local teams. I have one quick question about the actual game time. Do you think that benefits UCLA more so than Michigan State? Um, yes and no. I mean, UC. I mean, Michigan State's already been in Indianapolis. UCLA had to travel in. Okay. And whenever you travel, you know, that's why I think they got there Monday or as soon as possible to just kind of shake off the jet lag and things like that. I mean, yeah, it's a late-night game, but Michigan State's played late-night games in the tournament before. I mean, once once the ball is up, you know, you're, you're not tired. You've slept during the day. You've done whatever you had to do to be prepared to be ready. Yes, it UCLA's natural body clock, the game is at 7 but for MSU, the game's at 10. They played these late-night games before, whether it's the Champions Classic or whenever. They played late. It's yeah. if, if that's what you're using as an excuse, nah, then, then, then you're, you're in a lot of trouble. I like the fact that they have already been in that city. They're already there. They've been in the hotels. They're used to the lifestyle. They've played in Mackey every year. Yep. So they know it's a weird court. To be – to be an engineering school, that school is designed – I mean, that court is designed crazy. It's like got the dead little coffin corners and 
you know, it, it's it, it's effective because, you know, when the paint crew is there, their student section, it works. They're not going to be there. And State has to realize that, and they just got to go out there, take advantage of the fact that they're going to be playing in a, in a gym that UCLA, I don't think, has ever played in before. So they have the advantage there if UCLA has a time advantage. Well, did you hear that John Wooden went to Purdue? Oh, <laughs> did he? Oh, yeah. I, I, I've heard that. Oh, and there's a statue hey, out there of him? Yeah, yeah. did you know that uh, Izzo and Mariucci were roommates and best friends? I wonder how many times they mentioned that on the broadcast, that John Wooden has a statue out front. They'll for sure show it. That's that's a guarantee. Oh, yeah. There's a prop Coming bet on that one. Bet on that. Coming in and out of timeouts, yeah. <laughs> Over under four and a half minutes into the game, will they mention it or show the statue? And I promise you. I would say yes. I Almost the yeah, lead in, I, I bet they would. Yeah, as a matter of fact, yeah. Two Blue Bud programs. As a matter of fact, you know, the Wizard of Westwood, you know, got his start here at Purdue. Yeah, you could see that. <laughs> it it's It is going to be like, – Vegas is really not knowing what to do with this game. Um, when, when you look at it, it, it really is kind of a flip of the coin. But then again, that's why they're in the playing game. I don't know if Michigan State uses the disrespect factor because they did deserve better than this. And that's not me because, oh, you're a state grad. No, they they deserve better than this, period. They shouldn't be playing in this game. But, um, <clears throat> you know, they said UCLA is in the game because UCLA limped to the finish line. So we'll have to see. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's – they got the guys, they got five guys that have balanced scoring. You just have to to be, you got to take advantage of things. You know, their defense is not great. I don't know if they'll allow Michigan State to get into their transition game, but MSU can't shoot themselves in the foot. They can't turn the ball over. They can't, I mean, this. like I said, UCLA is not a good defensive team. Don't help them out by turning the ball over. Don't help them out by missing easy baskets. Now, what they can do is they can shoot three-pointers. You got to play great perimeter defense. You can't leave an open guy. You can't, you know, not uh, get back and cover your man because they are a top 53-point shooting team. They average a little uh, little under 37% from the three. They rebound the ball well, but as I stated, defense not that great, and for as great as they shoot three-pointers, their three-point defense is pretty bad. And they turn over the ball, which, once again, if MSU takes advantage of that, leads to some easy baskets and transitions, those are the things that can get Michigan State ahead. Uh, you know, these two teams played, you know, a couple of times. I saw them play once in Vegas, and State beat them by, like, 20 points. This could be the same type of game. But no mistakes, Aaron Henry, Rocket Watch, the core guys, you know, you need to see Langford with 11 days of rest go out there and, and, and get this thing done. So it is possible, Evan, that we could be seeing both teams playing on Saturday. And if they play, if both teams are playing on Saturday, I think that next week when we're doing this, we're talking about both teams in the uh, Sweet 16. It would be unbelievable, and 
For Izzo to do that, you would have to say that's his finest coaching job ever. I mean, right? Um, yes and no. I mean, let's not forget that this team was a t- at one point the number four team in the nation. Well, so. but preseason rankings can also be a little off sometimes. And, and you know, going into this year, I felt. Well, no, they, they can be off, but, Evan, something happened on Christmas Day. It changed this everything. This team was n- it, it was never the same. This was a top team. They, they were able to hang with anybody that they played, and then all of a sudden, you know, they just, you know, Christmas Day happened to me. Imagine, we're not having this conversation there in a playing game if they don't squander a 15-point lead to Purdue at home, a Purdue team that was struggling at the time. And they, it, they beat Purdue. Now, Purdue is, not, is now a good team, but think about that. That would have been another – if, if they would have beat Purdue in that game, if Aaron Henry's last shot banks in instead of out, they're a 10 seed, a strong 10 seed. Heck, maybe even a, in, in a nine, a weak nine seed. But instead, they didn't. So, yeah, I know preseason rankings don't always address what goes on, but yeah, let's not act like this team was just god-awful from the beginning. Well, that that is very true. I've just <laughs> I've seen very few teams that can go and beat the best team in the league and also lose to the worst team in the league. It, it's a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type deal, and hopefully, you know, for Spartan fans, they they perform to their best capability like they've shown in the last few weeks. And yeah. you know what? And maybe that loss to Maryland was finally. We can't do it anymore. See what happens when you have these lulls or defensive breakdowns or mental breakdowns. That's where I feel they struggle the most is mentally. Yeah. If they miss a yeah, few and, shots, boy, do they get down on themselves. Yes, they do. And and maybe, you know, Aaron Henry said he told the guys, him and Langford, told the young guys, look, we've been here before. The my bads and oops, that's, that's on me. That Those go out the window. Those are the things that get you sent home early. If one positive thing came out of the Maryland game, I know most state fans probably turned it off. It was the finish of Malik Hall. He finished with 19 points. Mm-hmm. He did a lot down low. If if he keeps that up, if Malik Hall, <clears throat> that was a career high. If he gets you just 12 to 14 points the way that he did, he was a presence down low. He's got the body. He's big and strong. Those are the types of things that Michigan State could use to their advantage to beat UCLA and, and and try to get a run to March. So, yeah, you're you're right, man. They 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 can't they can't get down on themselves. If they fall behind, it's not the referee's fault. It's probably the plays that you're running. It's probably the execution. It's the dumbass shots that you're doing, guys. Don't look at the refs, which you know, little sad that TV Teddy won't be uh officiating any games. Because he got sent home with COVID or contact tracing. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that story. Six refs show up to Indy. Their hotel's rooms are not ready. So, you know, what do you do? You do what most people do. Well, you guys want to go grab something to eat? Yeah, let's get something to eat while we wait on the rooms. They go out. They eat. Probably, I don't know, St. Elmo's. I don't know. One guy has it. He pops positive. The other five who were at the table get contact tracing. They're all sent home. They they are not refing this tournament, all because their rooms were not ready. So, weird story. But, yeah, to say the least, it's a weird story. Let's just hope that uh, our boy Bo isn't on that game. 
Uh, you know what? Yeah. <clears throat> if Bo Borowski's there, yeah, they're in trouble. Or, honestly, if any ref, and this is the other thing that Michigan State and the Big Ten teams have to realize, you can't be as physical as you were in the conference because you're going to get a lot of guys who foul out. Refs are not going to allow, you know, the brutality of the Big Ten. It's accepted in the Big Ten because that's just the style of play. But, Evan, I think that's one of the reasons why Big Ten teams haven't won the title since Mateen Cleaves and that 2000 team because their style of play is not conducive to the tournament. A lot of guys will get into foul trouble early, plain and simple. You got to be able to score. You got to be able to defend without touching people. You got to be able to rebound. You got to be able to do the intangible things. I don't know if the way Michigan State ground. They, the grind that they had in those final games, you can't do that in the tournament. Like, they were able to beat Illinois, which is still shocking. That's Illinois' last loss. They just out-physicaled them. I don't know if the tournament will allow them to be that physical. Same with Ohio State. The same with Michigan. They just out-physicaled Michigan. That's not something that the tournament will allow you to do. Now, I think this is where the Izzo factor kicks in, where – They'll get a little benefit of the doubt because Izzo's teams are known for defensive rebounding, but you can't be so overt about it or it's not you're going to end up with a lot of people in foul trouble. You don't want to see Aaron Henry pick up that second foul with 11 minutes to go in the first half. Hmm. Now you're in a little bit of trouble. If that's the case, if I'm Izzo, I don't do the auto bench. I maybe sit him down for a little bit, but then he's back out on the court with six minutes to go. Because think about it. In that first Michigan game, that turned the game right there. He went out with two fouls, and in the final four minutes, Michigan took a four-point lead and turned it into a 14-point lead, and it was never the same after that. So they're going to have to move their feet, and they're going to have to play defense, and they're going to have to do they're going to have to do the right things if they want to get past UCLA on uh, Thursday night at 10 o'clock. And God forbid, let's hope that that first game does not go to overtime. That's all I got to say. Because, whoo, man, we will be there for a long time. It will be a very, very, very long night if that happens. But, like I said, there's always the Justice League that you can watch to get you up to that game. (laughs) If you're looking for little entertainment to calm your nerves. That is true. Yeah, well, that's a four-hour thing, too, so... I don't know. Once you get locked into that, maybe you don't want to turn over to the game. I still want – like, how lazy were – like, that movie, just as a side note, was, eh, you know, it could have been so much better. And then you're like, oh, yeah, because we left half the stuff on the cutting room floor. Man, don't don't, don't release the movie if you're going to be doing that type of thing. So, but um, – <laughs> Wild. Anyway, what what you got for me, Evan? What you got well, this week? I was going to ask this one of two ways, but I'll I'll ask it the easier. You know what? I'll give you a little challenge. What were you doing March 21st, 2010? March 21st, 2010. Um, I, I have no idea. I, I'm, I'm assuming I probably was. I was at if it, I was probably uh, in Indianapolis, I think. You were at a or tournament game, most likely. Yeah, I was at a tournament game, yeah. And it's when Corey Lucius hit his three-point buzzer beater to beat Maryland. Oh, you know what? <clears throat> I was sitting right behind the bench. When you go back and you watch that play, 
I had on a green shirt, and all of a sudden, it was. It may have been like the one time where you know I forgot I was on press row, and he hits the shot, and I think my hands went up quickly, and I had to bring them back down. Like yes, because all the tall guys stood up on the bench, so I couldn't see what happened. So I had to stand up and like try to look in between the guys to see the play. And yeah, he he banks in that shot, and it was like, oh my god! Yeah, I was in, I was in because that game took place in uh, Boise. Yeah, no, we were, no, we were in Spokane. We were in Spokane. Uh, it was Gonzaga's. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was the, it was where they play. Yeah, and we were in Spokane to watch that game, and it was an amazing because Purdue had just won their game. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think Purdue had either Purdue had just won their game or later on Purdue won a game very similar uh, like that because two teams were congratulating each other in the concourse after the games were over. But, yeah, I was I was right there. So, yeah, when you look, look at behind the Michigan State bench, you'll see a younger version of me with a lot darker hair right behind the bench trying to look around like the tall guys, I think like Garrett Sherman and, and those guys trying to get around them to see what the heck just happened. Who hit that shot? Who scored? Who scored? So, yeah, that's where I was. Why? Where were you? I was watching on TV at, at my uh, house. But you go back and you look at, like, the box score from this game. Darrell Summers dropped 26, going 6-7 from the three-point line. And then somebody <laughs> – I forgot about this kid, and I don't know how I forgot about him. But Mike Kebler played eight minutes in that game. You know why, don't you? Well, what, Chris Allen got hurt? Because I see he only played four. Mm-mm. No. Uh, that was the game that Kalen Lucas popped his Achilles. Really? Yeah. Kalen went down. I believe, yeah, I believe that was the game that Kalen went. I want to How many minutes did Kalen play? He's not even on the box score. Yeah, I think. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He played 16. You're right. I see it there. He played. Yep, that's exactly what happened because he only went one of four from the field. And we both know (laughs) Kalen took more than four shots a game. Kalen went down. Yeah, yeah, no fouls either. So that's exactly what it was. He thought somebody had kicked him in the back of the foot and he was turning around and there was nobody there. I mean, he was yelling like, you know, "Who, who just kicked me? And he realized that he popped his Achilles that game. And, yeah, that's when Darrell Summers went nuts yep. and started scoring like crazy. He was 10 of 14 from the field. Raymar Morgan was 7 of 11 for 17 points. Draymond, he had nine points, eight boards, five assists. So he did exactly what Draymond did. And good old Delvin Rowe played 24 minutes and had five boards and three assists. And, boy, that kid could have been everything, huh? Uh, he was probably one of the top three players I've ever seen in high school. Unbelievable. He he was uh he was a one and dunner. There was he was going to be a force that year. But uh, yeah, yeah, wow, yeah that that was his second year. But yeah, he he would have never made it. He was that good. He was that good. And then he he was incredible. Yeah, he, and I'll never was. forget. So his senior year, right after he hurt his knee, Michigan State played Texas and DJ Augustine at the Palace, and he was there in attendance on crutches, and I just felt so bad for that kid. Mm-hmm. 
So that is it. That That's my uh, Spartan memory lane in the tournament. March 21st, 2010, Corey Lucius wow. became a hero. Yeah, just check. Next time you look at it, I'm 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 behind the bench. I, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go watch it. And I think, yeah, yeah. Trust me, I went down the one shining moment rabbit hole the other night, where you just start watching them. And I, to this day, I'd have no idea what CBS was thinking. The one year they had uh, Jennifer Hudson singing it, yeah, and it was basically a music video for her. Just like, guys, no one wants to see her. Like, why do we keep cutting back to her? No one cares about her. Yeah, you have you, something you good. Watch one shining mo- yeah, you watch one shining moment to see a highlight of your team. Exactly that. <laughs> it's not Jennifer Hudson, and nor, I mean, she is an unbelievable talent, but I'll watch her on the Grammys, not the March Madness <laughs> one shining moment. Epic fail. She got about, I want to say she ended up with like a minute's, like, no, 43 seconds worth of airtime, which could have been 43 seconds worth of, other teams' highlights, like, well, damn, I, I, I would have loved, you know, if you, especially if you're a little school, you get to see that one play, or yeah, if you're a bigger school, like, it still bothers me that the year Michigan State beat Duke and Zion, dude, do you realize it might as well have been one Zion moment? Like, even when MSU wins, they don't, they normally show the team running out on the court. It was Zion walking off the court. It was Zion this. <laughs> No, seriously, watch it. They'll show uh, Virginia running out on the court. They'll show Texas Tech rolling, running out there. They show Auburn, but they don't show Michigan State. They show Kenny going shot, but then they show Zion with his head down walking off the court. It was all Zion in that one shining moment. So, you guys, check that out. All right, Evan, for Evan Jenkins, I'm Rico Beard. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, We'll still be talking basketball, but spring football is getting ready to start up. So if not, we may be talking a little spring football on the next edition of the Five Star Zone. See you then. Thinking of buying a house and want a really low interest rate? Owning has a special for home purchases where owning pays all your closing costs and the rate in APR is an unheard of 1.875% for a 15-year fixed mortgage with 20% down. This is the craziest low rate for a mortgage with no closing costs that owning has ever done. 1.875% rate in APR. Heck, we're almost paying you to live in a new house. Call 8332-OWNING or go to owning.com to see if you qualify for this crazy low 1.875% rate. That's a fixed rate loan at 1.875% with no closing costs. Call 8332-OWNING now because 1.875 could go away at any time. NMLS 2611, licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, subject to credit approval. Offer assumes the use of lender's choice escrow and title services. Call 833-858-8006 for terms and conditions. That's 8332-OWNING or owning.com. 8332-OWNING or owning.com. Hi, I'm John Meacham, the host of Cadence 13's new podcast, Fate of Fact, on how America and its political parties got to where we are today. Available now on Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts.